From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Before he was voted out, the former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, received a pitch from the Governor-General, David Hurley. He said the taxpayer should fund a foundation for future Australian leaders. We don't know much about the merits of the program, who would get selected and what kind of training they would get, but it was promised the funding. With the secret ministry saga still hanging over Canberra, pressure is mounting to investigate whether there was enough transparency in the process of funding this mysterious leadership training program. Today, Chief Political Correspondent at the Saturday Paper, Karen Middleton, on Scott Morrison's secretive $18 million leadership grant. It's Wednesday, September 7. Karen, until recently, the Governor-General, David Hurley, wasn't someone who was often in the headlines, but then it was revealed that he had approved Scott Morrison's five secret portfolios. You have been looking into something else that he's been a part of that also seems to be quite secretive. So can you tell me about it? Yes, so we know about the the so-called secret ministries that the Governor-General signed off on for Scott Morrison when he was Prime Minister. And we're now looking at a grant that the Morrison government made for a new leadership program that was going to bear the Governor-General's title effectively. So he pitched it directly to the then Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. It was an $18 million program and the Governor-General had been promoting it and it was to be funded under the Morrison government. And it was also given charitable status so that any donations that went to the organisation from private donors could attract a tax deduction. Okay, so it's a leadership program with charitable status. What else do we know about it? How would it operate and and where did the Governor-General get this idea? Well, the, the key point, I guess, is that the program was an idea and it needed an organisation to be established to run it. And so the the company called the Australian Future Leaders Foundation Limited was established in order to run this proposed program. It sort of crept into the budget papers over a period of time from early this year, and we didn't know a great deal about it. It didn't have any presence much at all when the funding was approved. It didn't have a website. It didn't have a board, a full board appointed, no contact details, just the name of the proponent, which was a man by the name of Chris Hartley, who had got to know the Governor-General through one of his other endeavours, a rowing regatta called the King's Cup that involved military veterans. He had pitched this idea to the Governor-General and this foundation was set up in order to run it. Now, the the grant was made, but then the election came along, so the money has not actually been paid out. It's an $18 million allocation over five years, and that involves $14 million for the first year, $4 million for year five, and then after that, $4 million every year in perpetuity, as long as you like. And the the Morrison government had lined it all up, but the the election came and it, it hasn't actually yet been delivered. So it's got some mystery surrounding it, I suppose, and there was a mystery surrounding the process as well because the Governor-General pitched this directly to Prime Minister Morrison as a good idea and in the end the government gave them the money without 
any kind of open tender process. It was a closed, non-competitive process. There's no merits review for it. And it's exempted from being revealed in the usual place online, what's called the Grants Connect Hub, where grant applications and awards are listed in public. So it's hard to find out a lot about what the program is supposed to be doing. Right, so how unusual is this kind of lack of transparency and for taxpayer money to be allocated in a closed, non-competitive process? Well, it became more and more usual under the Morrison government. They increasingly were giving out grants without the usual merits-based assessment process. But I think this one's particularly unusual because the organisation that's going to run the program that's at the heart of this funding didn't exist when the pitch was first made. And as I've said, doesn't really um, have a great deal of detail publicly available about it even yet. And, you know, I spoke to somebody recently who made the point that if this was a community organisation in the community sector that has to really fight for funding, they would have had to have every I dotted and every T crossed in order to get that money a lot earlier than this organisation has. Yes, and it did get a lot of money, $18 million to begin with, and then there's still for another $4 million a year in perpetuity. It's it's certainly a lot of taxpayer funding, especially when you consider how few details there are around the program. But the decision to set this up, as he said earlier, it all happened under the former government, under the, the former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. But now the Albanese government is in charge. So what does that mean for the future of the foundation? So where it's interesting is the Morrison government allocated the money, but it didn't actually pay the money out. And so now the Albanese government has got to make a decision whether it makes good on that promise or whether it decides to withdraw the offer and not give the money to the foundation at all. And there's a second way that this whole grant could be stopped, and that is using the Senate. The Senate actually has the power to veto this grant because part of the way that it was given involves a legislative instrument that the Senate has the power to overrule, but it's got to do it on a deadline and that deadline is approaching. I don't think they've made a decision yet, but uh, I know there are people who are concerned about the process involved in allocating this grant. And I guess in the context of a budget with a trillion dollar debt, they'll be wondering about the priority of affording a leadership program like this money when other things can't be funded. So while we don't know exactly what they're going to do, there are suggestions and rumblings that that they may not be terribly keen on the idea. We'll be back after this. Need a reminder of what political leadership looks like? Australia's master of political satire, Jonathan Biggins, is back embodying the iconic Paul Keating, visionary, reformer and rabble-rouser. Due to overwhelming demand, one-man comedy The Gospel According to Paul is returning to the Opera House, on from the 4th to 23rd of June for its final term ever. Secure your tickets now at sydneyoperahouse.com for an unforgettable evening. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. 
Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Karen, we've been talking about a grant for a leadership program that was awarded under the previous government. And the question now, I suppose, is will that grant be honoured or or should it be honoured by the new government? So what's likely to happen next? There are two ways that that funding could be stopped. One is if the Albanese government makes a decision in the context of the upcoming budget in October not to go ahead with it or indeed to keep it in the books. And so even though the previous government said you can have it, the new government can say, no, you can't and take it back. And so that is possible. And the other one involves particularly a committee in the Senate that is set up that looks at all these kinds of legislative instruments and works out whether they're good or whether they there are questions to be asked about them. And the committee that exists to do that, it's called the Scrutiny of Delegated Legislation Committee, a bit of a mouthful, it is looking at this regulation that governs this particular funding decision to decide whether it needs closer scrutiny and closer examination. And at least one member of that committee, independent Senator David Pocock from the ACT, has raised some concerns. And whether the process we've been talking about, the very narrow and quite secretive process of giving this grant was good enough or whether the whole thing should be thrown out. Mm. And so the main issue here is the lack of transparency, Karen. I think that's the big thing that people are concerned about. I spoke to David Pocock's office about this and he is concerned particularly about the transparency and the secrecy. Transparency was a big issue in the recent election and and David Pocock was very strong on it in his campaign. So he wants the whole thing looked at and he's considering pressing the Senate to get more time at least, if not to absolutely veto it, because he thinks that the process has been a long way from transparent. It's not unprecedented that a Governor-General would make personal representations for some proposal that he or she wants to be involved with if they think there's a public benefit in it, but it is pretty unusual to do it this way and to have it done so secretively without much public discourse and have the decision made behind closed doors without a lot of information available about the process on the government side and almost nothing available about the company that is receiving the money. Mm. Okay, and so just to come back to the program itself, it's supposed to be a leadership program. So what do we know about who might be selected to go through it and, and what it is that they would actually learn? Yes, this is another strange aspect of this whole thing, not just about the process of the money being allocated in the first place, But the nature of the program that they are funding, it was put forward as an independently run leadership program for potential future leaders of the nation. But buried in the fine print of this legal instrument is a suggestion that the Morrison government was intending to run the show itself. Um, These instruments are produced with an explanatory memorandum attached to them that, that explains a bit more about what the law is meant to do. And they usually have a um, a section at the back that that lists the sections of the constitution under which this law is made. It's sort of pretty dry and legal, and there's usually not a lot of interesting detail in there beyond that. But in this case, a few paragraphs have been slipped in there that talk about the Commonwealth taking over 
the role of running the program effectively, it suggests that the Commonwealth believed that it was best placed to know the kinds of people who would make the best future leaders, that it was suggesting it would select the people who would choose the program's candidates, and that it would also set the agenda for the program itself. It would choose the subject matter and the, the, the kinds of things that they would study. Now, this is not, as I understand it, what the proponents were suggesting in the first place. I don't think it's what the Governor-General had in mind, and it's not what Chris Hartley had in mind either. So not only is there now controversy over the way this was done, perhaps in a not open and transparent manner, but there's a question about whether the Commonwealth Government is funding what they were asking for at all. And I can't imagine that the new government is going to be that happy with the suggestion that it would be taking over this leadership program and and running it effectively and and choosing the candidates. So there's a fair bit of unravelling and digging to go on this whole thing. Will the money go out at all? What will the program do? And who's going to be in charge of it? And is it is it in line with what the proposal was in the very first place? Karen, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Ruby. Several senators and MPs have now moved to disallow the regulation behind the Leadership Foundation's funding. The move by Senator Tammy Tyrrell from the Jackie Lambie Network Green Senator David Shoebridge and other independent MPs could see funding cancelled as early as today. Tyrrell said on Twitter that she first learned about funding for the Australian Future Leaders Foundation from reading Karen Middleton's reporting in the Saturday paper. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, the Reserve Bank of Australia has raised Australia's cash rate for the fifth month in a row to 2.35%, the highest rate in seven years. The RBA board said the rate rise was needed to tame inflation which is projected to rise to 7.75% by the end of the year. And Instagram's parent company, Meta, has been fined 405 million euros by Ireland's data watchdog for breaches to the privacy of children. An investigation by Ireland's Data Protection Commissioner found Instagram allowed users aged between 13 and 17 to operate business accounts, which in some cases made the miners' data, including phone numbers and email addresses, publicly available without the miners knowing. Meta has announced that it will appeal the decision. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.